Hey everyone, my name is Kurt Gray, and welcome to the Toya Christian Fellowship Podcast. To give online, see upcoming events, or see our service times, please visit our website at tcf.church. Good morning, everybody. Everybody doing well? That was terrible. All right. Good morning, everybody. There you go. Much better. Praise God. I know you're a little salty mouth maybe from spring break. Amen. Hey, when I was a child, I spent a lot of time at my grandparents, my mother's mother and father. They literally lived right down the street from me growing up my whole life. And I spent as much time at their house as I did my house. And uh, I always would go down there and drink coffee with my grandfather. That's where I learned to drink coffee, one of the most holy activities in my life. And uh, I made the huge mistake of somehow, I don't know how it happened, but I didn't teach my children to drink coffee. And I don't know exactly what happened, but we won't make that same mistake with our grandchildren. Amen. And so I'm not, uh, Megan's in here. I don't, I'm not looking her way. Amen. Uh, well, when I would go down there and drink coffee with my granddad, they made it with a percolator. Do y'all remember those percolator coffee pots? It was white and had a little blue flower on it. Then they would put it on the stove and they percolated the coffee. Well, that's exactly what happens to me every week spiritually. As I study, as I pray, when I finish this message this morning, I'm going to begin to think about next week, and I'm going to begin to pray about next week, and I'm going to begin to ask God, God, what are you wanting to do, and what are you wanting to say? And so I call it percolating. So all week long, I percolate the scripture. I pray, I study, I I look into the Word of God to see what God has to say, And I'm going to answer a question this morning that the Holy Spirit stirred in me this week that I bet a lot of you at one time or another in your life have asked this question. And the question is this, can I trust the Bible? Can I trust the Bible? You know, you stand up here every Sunday, Pastor, and you read out of that book called the Bible, and you say it's the Word of God. And there's been that time in my life where I wondered if it was truly the Word of God. And so I'm going to answer that question this morning, and I'm going to show you some things about the Word of God. Now, you may have heard before in your life that all religions are basically the same and that there's just a few minor differences Well, in fact, that is not true, all right? All religions are vastly different. And if there are any similarities, the similarities are very surface and very minimal, Okay, you may have heard that, well, the, you know, the God of the Bible, the God of the Jews, the God of the Christians is the same God as the God of Islam. And I'm here to tell you this morning that absolutely is not true. That is not based on Scripture, and it, it's not based on truth or experience. So I want to take some time this morning and help you understand that God's Word is from God and that you can build your life on it. So just listen to a few of these this morning. The Bible is the top-selling book of all time. Over 5 billion Bibles have been sold. Over 100 million Bibles are sold every year in the world. It is the top Kindle book downloaded It is the number one stolen book every single year. Now, isn't that crazy, right? 
Uh, hopefully when they steal it, they read it, amen? All right, it's the number one stolen book. 80% of Americans, based on statistics, believe that the Bible is the literal word of God. God himself is quoted in the Bible over 3,000 times. One of the ways you can recognize that, of course, is if you have a red letter edition Bible, those words are Jesus, and Jesus said that he was God. Then other places in the Old Testament and the New Testament, if you read, thus saith the Lord, that is a quote from God. God speaks over 3,000 times in the Bible. And I said it this morning right after praise and worship. Anytime somebody says to me, hey, pastor, you know, I don't know if I'm hearing God. Well, my first response to that is, are you reading your Bible? Because if you read your Bible, God is speaking to you. Amen? All right. Uh, The Old Testament was written over a thousand-year period. The New Testament was written over a 75-year period. The Bible has been proven to be historically accurate. The events that are talked about in the Bible, they're not fairy tales, they're not made up, they're not myths. They've been proven to be historically accurate. The Bible was written on three continents, Asia, Africa, and Europe. It was written in three languages, Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. There are 66 books in the Bible written by 40 different authors. It was written by kings, farmers, Fishermen, tent makers, the homeless, doctors, scribes, musicians, and pastors. And every single word of it was inspired by God. Now, here's what I want you to see this morning. You cannot be a Christian apart from the Word of God. You cannot. And if you try to be, what you end up doing is being weak and anemic as a Christian. You can trust God's Word. You can build your life on God's word. It's the only thing that's going to last. The scripture itself says, Jesus himself said that heaven and earth are going to pass away, but my word is going to remain forever. You can go to it for wisdom in any area of your life parenting, money, marriage, relationships, work. There's not an issue in your life this morning that you can't go to the Word of God and find answers. It has answers to every single thing you need in your life. Now, every day you and I face two choices. Every day you face two choices. Every time you make a decision, you have to decide two things. Am I going to do what the culture says? Am I going to do what the wisdom of men say? Or am I going to do what God's word says? Every decision, every day, you are faced with those two choices. Am I going to listen to the wisdom of men? Am I going to listen to the culture? Or am I going to trust in and build my life on the word of God? Now, here's what happens. Anytime you decide, I'm going my way. Listen, God's ways work. They've been proven time and time again from generation to generation. But every single day I have to decide, am I going to choose God's way or am I going to choose Rusty's way? Am I going to get off the throne of my heart and am I going to allow Jesus to not only be my savior, but be my boss? Every decision, every day I have to decide that. Here's what happens. When I decide to go my way, it begins to build iniquities into my life. Let me explain to you what that is. That's nothing spooky or nothing weird. What's an iniquity? Well, you know, great-grandmother was always bitter, and she couldn't forgive. 
And man, you know, if you know anything about great-grandmother, man, when she was mad at you, she stayed mad at you for life. All right, some of you are looking at me like, yeah, you're talking about my great-grandma, yeah, right? I mean, some of you got family in your, I got family in my life just like that, right? I mean, I come from a long line of outlaws, okay? And I still have the pistols that they carried and they're loaded if you need to know it, all right? So then what happens? Well, great-grandma decides instead of doing what God's word says, instead of forgiving, instead of walking in love, I'm going to be bitter and I'm going to hold grudges. Well, then she passes it down to your grandmother. Then your grandmother passes it down to your mother. Then your mother passes it down to you and your sister. And then you pass it down to your children. It's called an iniquity. Anytime you do your thing, you do your way instead of the word of God. Now, pastor, How do I know if I'm doing that? Let me help you. It's real simple. See, if you're sitting here this morning and you're thinking, yeah, but you just don't understand, Pastor. I mean, I know the Bible talks about child training, but you just don't understand my kids. I mean, you just don't understand that that truth doesn't work in my family. Or, hey, Pastor, I know the Bible talks about giving, but you just got to understand something. I mean, we're in a different situation. Or, hey, that doesn't work at my job. My job's different or my business is different. You know, for years, we've gone to men's retreat. Over 25 years, we've attended men's retreat. And when we would go, a lot of times they would talk about marriage. And I would have men come up to me after services. Don Schulte and I would be there. And they'd be mad as fire, the men. They'd be so mad they want to punch me in the mouth. And I'm their pastor and they're supposed to love me, right? And here's what they were mad about. When a guy would get up and read out of the scripture about marriage, they would come up and they'd say, yeah, but you don't understand my wife. (laughs) Ladies, you could have laughed a lot better right there. (laughs) Now, it can be the same for husbands. Listen, when you've decided you're a special case, when you've decided your situation is different, when you've decided you can do your own thing, you're building an iniquity in your life. And it's very simple to break them. You can break it from one moment to the next, one instant to the next. You don't have to fast. You don't have to pray. You don't have to crawl on broken glass. You don't have to go to church every time the door's open. In one instant, you can break it. You know how you do it? You decide to do what God's word says in your life. Now, I want to read a scripture this morning to you out of 2 Timothy 3. I'm going to read verse 15, then I'm going to read verse 16. Listen to what this says. Now, before I read it, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me explain to you just a little bit of background. The books of Timothy are written to a young man, a young man named Timothy. And he was raised in a Christian home, and he learned the Scripture in his home with his mother, and then he goes into the ministry. So he's a young man raised in a Christian home, a young man in the ministry, and he has a mentor by the name of Paul who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. And Paul is telling him something in this verse. Now let me read it to you. And that from childhood, talking about Timothy, you've known the Holy Scripture. Now stop right there. Stop right there. i got to chase a rabbit right here. The very first thing Paul said to Timothy was, when you were at home growing up, you learned the Scripture. Hey, dads, moms, granddads, grandpas, aunts, and uncles, can I just beg you to do something? Teach your children the Scriptures. 
Teach your children the word of God. Listen, if you'll drag your kid to Power Kids every Wednesday night from kindergarten through fifth grade, when they walk out of the door down there for the fifth grade for the last time, they will have memorized 12 Bible verses that tell them about their character and the character of God. So if you do that, they got 12 down pat right there. Then you find out what your favorite verse is, what your favorite story is. Listen, my grandmother's favorite verse is in Zechariah 4, and it says, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. That was her favorite verse. My mother's favorite verse is in the book of James, and it says that this life is a vapor. Listen, I do funerals all the time. And when I sit with families at the funeral home, I'll ask them, hey, what was grandmother's favorite verse? And they say, well, grandmother loved the whole Bible. Yeah, you know what that means? Grandma didn't have a favorite verse. Now, I'm not saying grandma wasn't a Christian. I'm not picking on grandma, okay? The point I'm making is make sure your family's learning the word of God. Make sure that they can go and say, hey, this is what mom cared about. This is what dad cared about. When I was a kid growing up, I lived in a very small two-bedroom home, didn't know anything else. It was our house, and I loved it. And my dad would prop himself up in bed at night. We all went to bed at the same time at our house. Dad was in control. Uh, not rusty, right? And so uh, when he said it was bedtime, we all went to bed. Well, he would prop himself on the bed and he would read his Bible before he went to sleep. And it was a white leather bound Bible. And I have that Bible in my home and it has verses marked in it. And I wouldn't take $10 million for that Bible because it belonged to my father. Listen, let your children catch you reading the scripture. All right, let me keep reading. Listen to this. And from childhood, and remember we're talking about Timothy, we, you've known the Holy Scripture, which is able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Now, here's the very first thing I want you to see in this next sentence. It says that when you read the Bible, it'll make you wise. Is there anybody in here that thinks, man, pastor, I got enough of that? Right, I'm just so wise, I don't even know where to put it all. I mean, I got jars full of wise at the house, right? And I just don't need any more wise. No, everybody needs more wisdom. And it says two things. It says when you read the Bible, the byproduct is wisdom. And it says wisdom to salvation. I've got a friend that I went to high school with, and he's in the ministry today. And uh, when he was in high school, he went into his bedroom, closed his bedroom door, got out his Bible, and he read the book of John. And when he finished reading the book of John, he repented of his sin and asked Jesus Christ into his heart and became a born-again Christian because he read the Bible. Listen, no one led him. No preacher talked to him. He did it just him and God. There's a very famous uh, model named Christy Brinkley. Probably many of you have heard of her. And when she was young, she wasn't famous. You know, then almost overnight, she's this famous young model, and she traveled. Well, when she traveled, she traveled alone. She didn't travel with family. And she said that life and that culture was pretty rough. Well, when she left home, her mother packed a Bible in her suitcase. And when she got to these places where she would stay, she said people were doing some pretty crazy things. So she would just go into her room and lock the door and read her Bible. She was not a Christian. 
She read the book of John and did the very same thing my friend did. She invited Christ into her life. Listen, if you've got friends that don't know God, one of the best books in the New Testament they can read is the book of John. When you read the book of John, it says right here in this verse that if you're not saved, you'll get saved, and it'll give you wisdom. Now, let's jump over to Proverbs. I'm going to jump over to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13, and let's take a minute, and let's just talk about wisdom. Okay, what have I already established this morning? Well, I've established based on Scripture that if you'll read your Bible, the byproduct of that will be wisdom. So let me explain to you what God's Word says about wisdom. Listen to this. You're going to like this. Happy is the man who finds wisdom. Now, the Amplified Version says happy, fortunate, and to be envied. Happy is the man that finds wisdom. Well, I would think happiness is just like wisdom. Is there anybody in this room that thinks, Pastor, I don't want to be happy, right? Pastor, I just, I don't deserve to be happy, and I don't want to be happy. No, everybody in this room wants to be happy. Don't you want to be happy? All right, it says that if you get wisdom, one of the byproducts is you'll be happy. Listen to me keep reading. The man who gains understanding, for her, I love this. Her is a reference to wisdom. God was smart enough to give wisdom a female attribute. Amen, ladies? He knew men didn't have no wisdom, right? So he said her, and I love that. For her, wisdom, proceeds are better than the profits of silver, her gain than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies. Now, just, just, just stop right there. If I was handing out silver and gold and rubies, would anybody stay afterwards and get in line to get some? Yeah, I think you would. It says if you have wisdom, you get these. Listen to it. All the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Now, now just hang on a minute. Do you all have any desires? I got some. Think about the things you desire. I mean, I want a happy marriage. I want my kids to do well. I want their marriages to be good. I want my grandkids to be blessed. I want their lives to go well. I want a truck that doesn't break down every time I get in it and try to go somewhere. Uh, Man, the list can go on and on, right? I mean, I want it to rain. I want Lake McKenzie to fill up. I want to be able to go out there. Do I need to keep going? Yeah, the list can go on and on and on. Everybody has desires. Listen to what it says. It says, all the things you desire do not compare to wisdom. They don't compare. How do you get wisdom, pastor? By reading the word of God. Every time you read God's word, it gives you wisdom. Let me read you one last sentence about wisdom, about her It says, length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Now, whoa, again, stop. If you read the Bible, you get wisdom. What's one of the byproducts of wisdom? Length of days, riches, and honor. Length of days, riches, and honor. Length of, anybody in here want to live a while, right? I mean, you know, I know you can live too long, and I'm I'm not joking, it's the truth, you can People suffer and live too long. But the Bible promises you and I that we can have length of days and we can have riches and honor. And you don't have to connive, lie, steal, work 100 hours a week. All you have to do is get some wisdom. And the way you get wisdom is just by reading the Bible. It's pretty good stuff. 
Now, let me read you the next verse. I'm gonna read to you verse 15. I read 15, let me do 16. Listen to what this says in 2 Timothy 3. I'm gonna go back there. It says, all scripture, everybody say all. All scripture, everybody say all. Y'all don't yell near as good as loud as they do in power kids. Amen, Monica. I mean, come on now, right? Right, the Bible says all scripture. Everybody say all. All. That's fair, isn't it? That's fair, right, yeah. So that means from index to maps, it's all the word of God. From Genesis 1-1 to the end of Revelation, the last word in the Bible, by the way, is amen. The first word in the Bible is in. So from in to amen, it's all the word of God, correct? It doesn't contain the word of God. It is the word of God. Listen to it. It says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And I love this word. Inspiration means God breathed. It means God's breath. When God created Adam and Eve, when he created Adam, what did he do? Well, he scooped up a handful of dirt and he made a man. And what does the Bible say? It says he breathed into him the breath of life and he became a living soul. We've been talking about that for a couple of weeks, haven't we? What are we? Well, we're dirt. I'm clay. So are you. But it says in Genesis that when he formed man from the dirt, He breathed on him and he came alive. Listen, every time you read God's word, God is breathing on you. And the result of that is life. Because when God breathes on you, he doesn't have bad breath, amen? He's brushed his teeth. And that breath has life in it. All scripture is given by inspiration or God breathed. Now, here's the next word, and it's profitable. Oh, my gosh, I love that word. Now, when you hear profit, I know you think money, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. God cares about money, and he cares about your money. But if you'd let me, I'd like to expand it just a little bit, okay? It doesn't mean just money. It says right there that the scriptures God breathed, and when you read it, it's going to profit you. It's going to benefit you. All right, so let's just think about it. How about your marriage? I don't know about you, but I want a profitable marriage. I want my children to be profitable. I want, and they're both married, so I want their marriages to be profitable. I want my grandchildren to live profitable lives. Now, now I'm not talking about just money. I'm talking about wealth and riches and honor and long life and all the stuff the scripture says. So what does it say? It says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and it's profitable. Now what are we talking about this morning? Well, I'm talking about the integrity of God's word and you can trust the Bible. You can build your life on the Bible and every time you read the word of God, you're laying concrete in your life. You're laying spiritual foundations under your marriage. You're laying spiritual foundations under your children. You're laying spiritual foundations under your grandchildren. The Bible says in Deuteronomy, when you get up, you should be talking about the word of God. When you have lunch, you should be talking about the word of God. When you go to bed, you should be talking about the word of God. You should be writing scripture on cards and putting it on the bathroom window and putting it on the refrigerator so every time you see it you think about it your grandchildren should know what your favorite verse is your children should know what your favorite verse is and when your kids get around you they should say oh my lord Mima's talking about Jesus again that's what the scripture says 
And when you do that, what's going to happen? You're going to be wise. You're going to have wealth. You're going to have riches. And you're going to have honor. And you're going to have long life. Any, any takers for that this morning? Now, let me conclude with this. It says right here in this scripture that God's word is profitable for four things. Let me read you the words, then let me explain them to you. It says it's profitable for doctrine. It's profitable for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Now, I know when you hear those words, two words that jump out at me are doctrine, or three, doctrine, reproof, and correction. Those don't sound like happy words, right? And I understand that. You're thinking, oh, great, here it is, here it is. No, no. Now, listen, when I grew up going to school, the principal and I were on first-name basis. Junior high and high school, he knew me. Years later, years later, we were in Sam's, and I saw him, and he knew me. And it was not because I was a model citizen. Are you with me? Now, I went to school when they gave you a whipping, okay? I got a whipping at school. I got a whipping at home. They gave whippings. That's how they did it. They, the, I got it with a belt at home, and at school, you got it with a paddle. Now, the paddle hurt, but you only got three. So that wasn't too bad. At home, it was a belt, but three was just getting started. <laughs> now, I'm not picking on anybody. I'm, don't, don't get me wrong. Don't feel sorry for me. I deserved everyone I got. Amen? So I know when you hear the word reproof and correction, you may be thinking just like I'm thinking, oh, we're getting ready to go to the principal's office. You're not. Let me explain to you what these words mean. Now, don't miss this. Okay, the first word is doctrine, and it means to teach, and that's exactly what's happening this morning. I'm explaining the scripture to you. You're being taught, so you're being given doctrine. It's that simple. Okay, here's the next word. The next word is reproof, and it means to demonstrate the truth. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. You know why you ought to hang around with believers? Because we're all trying to go in the same direction. And so it means we're demonstrating truth in each other's life. Here's the next word. The next word's correction, and it means to set straight. Now, do y'all know what a plumb bob is? Okay, before there were levels, if you're a carpenter, you know what a plumb bob, you know what a level is like at the lumber yard, it's a long piece of wood and it has those little pieces of glass with the water and the bubble and you can level things. Okay, before those were invented, they took any kind of weight and they tied a string to it and they would hold it up and the weight of gravity would cause that string to be level and straight. They used those to build the pyramids because they didn't have a modern day level. Listen, God's word is a plumb bob in your life. It is a level. It's a standard for you to measure yourself against. And when you get off, it's supposed to set you straight. It keeps you on track. Are you with me? All right, that's what correction is. And here's the last one is instruction. And it means to train like you would train a child. What does this say in Proverbs? Train up a child in the way they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart. It doesn't mean beat. It doesn't, it's not a negative term. It means to naturally bend something. Okay, how many of you can think about your children and grandchildren and they have natural gifts, natural abilities, natural talents? Some of them are good in football, some are good in baseball, some are good academically, some are good in art, right? 
Okay, so that scripture means to help them find their gift and bend them in that direction. That's what it means, to train, all right? And the word is instruction. Now, here's the last thing I want you to see. Now, I've made a mistake this morning, and I know it. I want you to see something that's really important. And uh, let me see how much time I've got. We're doing good, 1148. I'm, I'm to the end of my message, and I'm to the end of your attention span. And I understand that, right? Your old belly's growling. You're thinking about eating. You're thinking about getting out of here. We've had a great time. And I've saved something really good for last, and it's my fault. And I do not want you to miss it. Now, Vicki and I were at United yesterday in Lubbock. <clears throat> we went up there to make a hospital visit. And we stopped to pick up a few things. And it's a big, nice, fancy United. Like the ones in Amarillo, big and fancy. Well, we're over at the meat counter, and I'm walking down the meat counter looking, and they had these ribeyes called tomahawk ribeyes. Now, do y'all know what that is? That's, yes, yes, yes. It was this big old ribeye about that thick with a big old bone coming out of it. And I think the bone is like a rib. I'm not for certain. But they were, and had big old bone coming out of it. I mean, like you could have played baseball or golf with it. I mean, it was that big. And they're called tomahawk ribeyes, and they're like 60 bucks a piece. Now, now I didn't get one, but I looked at them. I didn't get one. Listen, what I'm about to give you is a tomahawk ribeye. Okay, so you don't want to, don't, don't check out. Just give me a couple of more minutes and don't miss this. All right, here we go. I've talked about doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction. That all happens when you read the Word of God, and we found out that the Word of God is profitable, and the Word of God will give you wisdom. Here's the truth about these four things. Only one of these relates to knowledge, and it's doctrine. The other three relate to action. Listen to this. They involve a changed life. Listen, knowledge without change is worthless. Knowledge without change is worthless. I can memorize the Bible from index to maps and be able to quote it to you. If it does not change my life, there's something wrong with my Christianity. The Word of God is supposed to impart wisdom. It's supposed to impart knowledge. It's supposed to impart profitability. And as I walk along in life, you know what happens? It changes me. And the Bible says it happens here a little, there a little, line upon line, precept upon precept. Now, here's one of the mistakes we make. Okay, we judge each other on our journey. See, I'm at a certain place in my walk with God. And if I look at you and say, hey, how come you're not where I am? That's not right. That's not good. Everybody's in a different place in line. Are you with me? But the point is, is we're supposed to be making progress. My spiritual life is supposed to be profitable. If the knowledge I'm learning is not changing me, if it's not training me, setting me straight and demonstrating truth to others, then something's wrong. Then it's just head knowledge. Then I'm just a walking book. I know a lot, but it doesn't do anything for me or to me. What am I saying this morning? You can trust God's word. 
You can build your life, your family, your marriage, your career on God's word. When you read something in the Bible that says you can have it, you can have it. When you read something in the Bible that tells you to do something, by all means, do it. You can build your life on God's word. It is a solid foundation. You won't be sorry for reading the Bible. You won't be sorry for taking time to study in it because it's gonna give you wisdom. It's gonna make you profitable and it'll change your life. Amen? All right, y'all stand up and let me pray for you. Y'all did great these last two minutes. Thank you so much. Nobody left their tomahawk ribeye on the floor. Okay, let me pray for you. Father God, I want to thank you this morning for your word. Father, I want to thank you the Bible's true, every word of it, and that I can build my life on it, and I'll never be sorry that I did. I'll never be sorry I went to church. I'll never be sorry I read the word of God. I'll never be sorry for due devotions. I'll never be sorry for talking to you. I'll never be sorry for doing any of those things because all it's going to do is impart wisdom, impart life, impart grace. And it causes me to be profitable in every area of my life. Father, strengthen us, refresh us, encourage us as we go from this place. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Hey, I love y'all. Y'all go and be blessed and have a great day.